I'm Haley Oaks, and this is Milk Trails. A journey in the out-of-hospital birth experience. So we're gonna do things a little differently this episode. I'm gonna be on the other side of things, and we have Carson Meyer here to interview me. Um, Carson, who's a doula and an actress and a maker of a beautiful scrub that mm-hmm. I can't wait to try. Um, so yeah, I've had a lot of questions about my how my birth went, so I figured we would just do an episode on it. So Carson's here to ask me all the juicy questions. Thank you. This is very exciting for me, and I just want to start by saying um, Haley is the reason I am a birth doula. Mm. So... Of course, as I'm kind of thinking, it's nine months and watching on Instagram and following your birth journey, I've been asking myself so many questions. And so this is such a joy to be able to ask you them um, and find out your birth story and and learn more from you. Um, yeah, I met Haley at a bar at a birthday party <laughs> yes. with my boyfriend and had just moved back and was like, who is this gorgeous woman who... You know, our, our boyfriends are musicians, and mm-hmm. we're, like, in L.A. There's a lot of musicians, actors, and mm-hmm. she just was like, I'm a midwife, which I had never <laughs> come across a midwife before. I'd never met somebody with that career. So for me, I was just, like, stunned immediately. I was like, tell me everything. I cornered you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then took my training, like, the next week, I think. That's so amazing. But you were already, like, you obviously knew what a doula was, but you were planning on— Doing the training? No. Oh, that no, was like, like that was like if that it was wasn't it. for meeting you oh and our gosh, encounter, that's... it would never happen. <laughs> like I don't think you understand how well, big I, of a role yeah. you did because oh, I so nice. Yeah, I was on the track for acting and I'd seen the business of being born, which I think was like the first seed yeah. that was planted. Um, but it wasn't until meeting you that I was like, Oh, that's a job and a career and mm. you can do that. Yeah. And when I was reconsidering kind of finding other things to do and and reconsidering my my work, I literally like sat down and thought about it. I was like, what are jobs that mm. I would admire and see myself doing? And you just kept coming into my mind after that conversation. So that's amazing. And I have to applaud you because honestly, you know, I would say I I meet a lot of women who um are intrigued by, you know, the the birth work and even go through the training and flirt with the idea of becoming a doula. But then, you know, reality strikes of what it is to be on call and and hold, you know, your life goes on hold and just like that it's not all just babies and bliss and that it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's yeah. a hard, it's hard job. And, and not only have you taken to it, but been very successful and been able to integrate so much, like all facets of your life, you know, which is really impressive. So Thank I'm you. so happy that Thank like, it's you. not only are you, it's like working very well and yeah, I'm so happy Thank that. You. You're part of the community. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it felt feels like something that was always meant to be, but you were mm. a very important seed in that. So thank you. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna just jump in. Yeah, let's do it. So I've been listening to a lot of of your other episodes, which mm-hmm. I love. And something that you talk to the other moms about is, you know, the importance of preparing, mm. but also forgetting. Mm-hmm. And for you, there's like a whole other level of that because mm-hmm. there's no amount of books or classes you can take in that nine months that can give you the knowledge that you have of how many years have you been in the middle? Um, close to five years. Five yeah. years. So you get to see firsthand mm-hmm. all the good, the bad, the great, the everything. Yeah. So that's something that is my, that's my first question for you is how much of that were you able to let go of? Did yeah. Did it serve you? You know, in the pregnancy, it served me very well. I was, I was really happy to have all the knowledge because I, all of a sudden, after so many years, not only five years being a midwife, but then the training before that and then being a doula, like I finally had answers actually Mm -hmm. to all the things that I've been talking about and discussing from a intellectual standpoint of like, well, textbooks say round ligament pain is this, this, and this. And now it's like, oh, that is what that feels like. Or, you know, things that would have been perhaps scary, I, I didn't, I didn't worry because I knew exactly what that was. I think I, I, I don't think I actually ever texted my midwife like with a question or a concern. Like she's like, you know, you can reach out. You don't have to be midwife. I'm like, I know, but it's just in me now. Yeah. Like it's just part of because yeah. it's so normal. 
So that was actually a real blessing because that felt really empowering to just know, know your, you know, know my body. And um, then, you know, where, of course, it got hard was during the birth itself is when I had to actually like stop trying to manage and and I had to let go because, um, and, and we can talk about this more in detail when we talk about the birth story, but there were just like thing, like symptoms like that I was feeling that I just have, of course, had never seen before. And I was like, what is this, you know, and this is before I called my midwife. And, um, so that is where, you know, it, it bites you in the ass a little bit. And, um, but for the most part it was, yeah, it was really helpful to know all those things. Um, I didn't find that I was, I mean, it was hard if anything for me to ask for like help or support at times because I also have a Doppler at home and I have mm-hmm. all those things that I just have the security of thing like if I were worried about the baby's movement or lack thereof yeah. you know normally a client would call a midwife and or your provider and you'd go in and listen and I just had the comfort of that at home yeah, so yeah. it was again it was a little nice but um it was also me managing myself yeah. a little bit too at times I think of of not like letting go completely of the midwife role and not moving completely into the mother role until I like until the birth really yeah so that was helpful yeah that's something we we talked about before we started this episode is that like we but I think it's it's rare for people to become birth workers or enter the the birth world um before motherhood Mm -hmm. and so that was something we had in common Mm -hmm. yeah before and and I was saying to you like I feel like my clients think that I'm teaching them when really I feel like they're teaching me. Like totally. they're preparing me. Totally. Um, so I imagine for you seeing, I think you mentioned in Dr. Berlin's podcast, like yeah. 250 births, upwards yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, and that was, I mean, I actually reread, I mean, because there was a blog before there was Milk Trail as a podcast. And I reread some of those stories actually in preparation because it was, I yeah, I realized like perhaps even the midwifery training and everything was leading up to me being um, the best mom that I could be, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's really a huge blessing to be on the side of not having children yet and then, yeah, learning so much from all those experiences and just, like, depositing all those little, like, you know, little treasures. Absolutely. So do you want to – jump in and tell me about the birth and yeah just kind of give yeah tell totally. us the story and then I'll keep asking yeah so um actually it's five weeks ago today that Rio was born um so the night before around um like six or seven o'clock I woke up from a nap and I like my pants were wet like I woke up to like this a big kind of gush that I was like huh I, I wonder if you know my water broke and I was supposed to have an NST the next day, which is a non-stress test, which is um, what you do to just monitor the pregnancy when you go post dates. And How so I, far past? I was a week past okay. at that point, and um, so it was going to be a week and one day the following day. Um, and so I texted my midwife saying, "You know, can we rule out rupture? Can we make sure that I'm not my bag of water is not broken?" So. You know, I knew what to do, which is you put on a pad and wait for an hour. And if you you see that if you're leaking more fluid, that's a pretty good sign that your bag of waters is broken. If not, it's then questionable. And so there was no more fluid after that. But I started cramping. So that also was a little bit of a question mark. Um, And this was like light, very sporadic, but rhythmical cramping, like every, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, which has never happened in the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So I knew something was kind of starting. Um, and I told Omar, cause he was going to go to a show that night. I said, you know, don't stay out too late because I think <laughs> things might be <laughs> happening. So he went out he was like, call me if anything changes. And I was like, it'll be, you know, a while. So he comes back around 1130 at night and like the cramping had definitely gotten more intense. And so I prepared my, um, the midwife cocktail, which is, uh, four Benadryl and a glass of wine oh, wow. to like knock things out in the beginning I've of labor. I've never heard the really? Benadryl. I oh. mean, I know the glass of wine is an old trick. Yeah. But, okay. The Benadryl is, it's, I mean, and people are a little nervous about taking it thinking like one, you know, they're, they're pretty sensitive to that yeah. and four would just make them unconscious. And surprisingly, 
you sleep a little bit, but when like contractions are happening, you, you, you're up. So it helped for a couple hours, I would say. Um, but I hadn't had anything to, you know, I hadn't had even a little bit of wine the whole pregnancy. And so I was like all ready with my like nice bottle. And, um, and so I went to bed and I would get woken up by cramping that got more intense, but generally slept for a couple hours. And then and then around two, I started getting into the shower because the cramping was like getting intense. And I knew the shower for me was going to be my place. I didn't I didn't have a birth tub. I never imagined myself laboring in a tub. It's not where I go when I have difficult yeah. menstrual cycles. It's always in the shower. I and mean, I just love like we have a really small shower, um, just like being in a safe little mm. womb-like space. And um, so actually Omar, I asked him – before the birth to just put on a different like a nice shower head with like a rain shower and a removable shower head so I can use it like on my lower abdomen so then I'm in and out of the shower and then at four I throw up from the pain and I you know they say in all the sort of childbirth classes of like throwing up is a sign of transition and I knew it wasn't because I was cramping it was still felt like cramping it didn't feel yet like a contraction but it was still every like six to seven minutes um that Omar timed a couple. Um, but, and then shortly after that, around 5.30 or 6, I started having, they were contractions, but the the, the other part was that this cramping never let up. And my, my biggest fear in the pregnancy um, was that I would have back labor because my placenta was in the front, it was anterior, mm-hmm. and my baby was always on the right side, which like I would have these theories Based on spinning babies, based on anecdotal experiences that, like, babies on the right side persistently um, because of anterior placentas, because the placenta's in the front and the baby doesn't really – and usually, like, have, have space, yeah, yeah. have space to go to the other side, that they get lodged and then they tend to move to your back um, when in labor and okay. then in order to come to the front. Was your fear with back labor – seeing it, you know, it can be a lot more painful. Yeah. Was that the main fear was, was the pain or was it, um, positioning and worrying about having to transfer? Cause that can also be yeah something that happened. The baby doesn't come out. Totally. Yeah. That's the number one reason we would transfer is just for a dysfunctional labor based on the baby's position. Yeah. So, um, transfer to the hospital that is. So yeah, it was the pain I was afraid of like that kind of abnormal pain that's not sustainable and also the idea of transferring and like mm-hmm. shit I couldn't do it like yeah. that ego part yeah. of me so I had no back pain but it was a form of back labor in the front in that I had continuous mm. pain that wouldn't let up where the patterns aren't yeah so yeah. It, there was no break and that was that was like the thing that I was afraid of and um so that's when I went into like midwife mode and I was like this is placental abruption this is like uterine rupture this is this is not normal which can happen like because that's when it's this continuous pain so I actually had Omar get the Doppler so I could listen to the baby's heartbeat for a second just for me to be like okay yeah you're fine but then at that point I was like Haley you need to stop and you need to just be a mom the midwife yeah so he was like do you want me to call Margo and I was like you know I had to give up because she just assumed I'd call her when I was pushing when she was like, don't call me, like call me before that, you know. Um, So I had to like surrender a little bit because I was like, it's early. Like, I don't, you know. And being a midwife, you want to like help your midwife out. You know, like you sleep. I want to be like the cool client. Exactly. I would get be low key. But it was also like, I didn't realize it was six in the morning already. And so uh, I was like, all right, that's fair. And So at um, this point you'd been laboring for what? You said you started at? I would say like, I mean – yeah, two is when like kind of things got going. Yeah. But um of like cramp cramping contractions and early labor stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she comes over at six thirty and I'm like she walks in the bedroom and our bathroom's in the bedroom and I'm like standing in the doorway like naked and I'm just like, Margo, I don't know what this cramping is and I know it's early in labor still, yeah. but like I, I just can't be in my head about this. And she was like, Well, do you think your bag of waters is broken? And I was like, No, there's no been no leaking since then. And she's like, Well, let me check you since it, it is so early. And the reason she asked me that is because we want to minimize the amount of vaginal exams when yeah. when your bag of water is broken to minimize infection. So she was like, well, let's, let's do it. And so she checks my cervix and is like, well, your cervix is super soft. It's completely closed. And I was like, okay. And I didn't wow. even have – I didn't even have the like – 
you know, my, I wasn't even the mindset to be like, oh shit, what is this? Like, what does that mean? Um, it was just like, okay. Um, so she was like, you're a face, but you haven't dilated. Yeah. Like at okay. all. Yeah. Completely Which is goes. like, that's the, one of the fears with, with infection of checking mm-hmm. because yep. that is a lot of mom's first fear is yeah. like, I've been doing this and this is what it feels like. And I'm yeah. maybe not where I thought I was. Yep, exactly. And so she was like, but you know, it's super thin. It's kind of like, it, it feels like it could be stretchy. Let me see if I can manually like break things up, meaning like kind of manually yeah. dilate you. And so I was like, all right, let's give it a go. So she did it during a contraction and I got to like three to four centimeters. Wow. So. Because I always have that. It's cool that you're confirming that, mm-hmm. but I'll watch, especially in the hospital, mm-hmm. a client come in and they get a pretty aggressive exam where they're not happy. Yeah. And it's hard to watch, but yeah. then the baby's very close. Yes. Like it's interesting yeah. how that can speed things up. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, sometimes there can be scar tissue from procedures, yeah. um, you know, gyneco- gynecologic procedures that. Perhaps that was part of it um, in the past, but um, so and there was like a lot of bloody show after that, yeah. and and I was like, okay, I'm done. Like I got to go back in the shower, and we'll see what happens. And um, so then that's at six thirty in the morning, and then I'm in and out of the shower. Omar goes to lay down in the other room, which I knew from the beginning that I was going to labor by myself. I just mm-hmm. I, I would have worried about him if he was around mm-hmm. and um because that was the part I felt super confident about it was more like postpartum that I would I was more nervous about like wanting him around yeah um so he went to go lay down and he was like well Margo's gonna go leave Margo's gonna leave and go she's gonna come back she wants to get her homeopathy book to see what is this abdominal pain because she was yeah. also stumped um but she didn't tell me she was stumped I, w- I would have been like worried about that <laughs> but she was you know just trying to see what else she could do and then she gets back um, she's giving me different remedies. I'm on the toilet, bed, shower, just in that rotation. Mm-hmm. I was doing the very thing that I, as a midwife, would tell clients not, you know, to encourage them not to do, which was like most clients with a contraction want to rise up from it, like get away from yeah. it and, and push away from the bed. Um, and that's exactly what I was doing. And I just had to keep telling myself, like, go down, go down, go down, sink like just into sink it. into it, um, which was easier to do actually during the contraction not during the cramping because I knew I was so in my head about the cramping Mm -hmm. it being abnormal yeah it became that fear which you think as a midwife you may may not have but you were like this you knew that it wasn't yeah the contractions exactly and and so that's when I was in the shower by myself and I was like Haley like I had a pep talk with myself I could feel myself running away from it and I could feel myself getting scared and and at like I was like what would it what's the reality of me getting an epidural right now? And I was like, three hours. Like, that's how long it would take of, like, getting in the car, doing admissions, triage, yada, yada. And I was like, I I don't have three hours. Like, I can't. I got to just do this. And so I basically told myself, which, you know, I told myself to – the words was let it break you, which sounds really scary, but that was the only way – I just could let go. I was like, just, you're not, you're not dying. Nothing yeah. is like, nothing is, whatever this cramping is, the baby's fine. Nothing's tearing apart. Like yeah. you just have to. So once I just had that like moment to myself, I, things then just like changed. And shortly thereafter, I asked Margo, I was like, how long has it been since you checked me? And she said about three hours. So I said, let's, can you, can you do it again? And she checked me and I was nine centimeters. So wow. it was. And, and your water hadn't. It hadn't broken. Yeah. So um, she was like, and like, it's really stretchy that like, if you felt pushy, I'm sure you could push past this little bit of cervix. So I was like, oh, thank God. Like that. (laughs) And then I'm like, I can, I can do this. And, you know, and so um, it was like the classic kind of transition, what they say, transition, like talk with yourself of like, I can't do this. Meaning you're so close. Yeah. So in hindsight, I realized that. your body and. Yeah. And, and like kind of having that, like, you know just like talk with yourself of like just stop doing it and the other thing I told myself which is funny like I because I did Britta Bushnell's um I, yeah I wanted to ask you about that Birthing I within love class, her. which is amazing I, I mean her. it's a class about transitions in general mm-hmm. and like birth is like obviously a part of it but it's a much it's I mean it could be taken for just so many different big life events you know so Sweet. Her big thing is the labyrinth and and walking this labyrinth and descending into the underworld and that's so much of birth and just when you think you're close, you're actually taking a turn away and how to like mm. 
you know, embrace all of that. So I wore this labyrinth necklace around my wrist just to remind me, but I couldn't sort of tell myself, like, go into the labyrinth in the moment. It just wasn't working for me. But yeah. I just kept telling myself, go downtown to Chinatown, which was, like, the only <laughs> thing that worked, and which is so weird. And and so that was, like, my little mantra. And um, so, so, yeah. So, anyways, I go back to the toilet and around, like, a, I don't know, like, 10, like, 11 no, it was, it was, so it was 6.30, 7, 8, 9.30. Oh, yeah. So, like, an hour later, I felt the first kind of urge to push, which feels exactly like you're about to have a bowel movement. It's, like, it's so undeniable. It's, like, it's just a crazy natural urge to push, you know. And then Margo walked in the bathroom and was, like, oh, I heard that. And and then, uh, and so you, I was, just, I did a couple more there, and then I stood in the shower knowing that gravity was going to help mm-hmm. her come down. I did a couple more there and like pushing, like kind of like the at the peak of a contraction, you're just like an overwhelming urge, just like <clears throat> bear down. And then I sat back on the toilet and every time I pushed, I would just put my finger inside and I could just feel her head coming wow. down. Yeah. And I just kept showing Margot without saying anything. I would just like point to like the knuckle this, on my yeah. finger and I'd be like, here. And she's like, sure. okay, yeah. well, if you want to yeah. like have your baby on the, you know, so we moved to the bed. <laughs> And um, at that point, another midwife showed up, Sarah, who was um, the assistant. And I also was like, I look like every laboring woman as well. Like, it was so weird to have, like, a a removed out-of-body experience. Mm. I was like, where I couldn't say anything in between. I was, like, rubbing my face. Like, I'm just, like, you know, exhausted, but also, like, getting myself ready for the next contraction. Like, just putting my hand out for water. Like, I couldn't say it. Yeah. The only thing I could muster up saying was to, to, if Margot found the ginger for the crock pot, which helps with circulation when you're doing um, compresses to the perineum. Uh, that was it. That was all the thing I could say. And I, But I thought I would kind of come back into my body with pushing because yeah. some women do. Some, yeah, definitely. Get like and that. I was like, oh, I'm going to like be kind of like cracking jokes. And mm-hmm. and I was so in it, like so deep in it. And and that was and pushing felt amazing because then you could do something with the contraction. Yeah. With the contractions and was that something you told your clients? Because I tell my clients that, of course, never having pushed a baby yeah. out. I think they look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. But no. Was, was that something that you were like, oh, I I get that when that happened? Yes. You, yes. You I started mean, to believe, I guess, what you had been telling. Yeah, and I would say the same thing. I'm like, well, like some women, you know, really love to push. I've heard yeah. from other people that they hated it, like it made it mm-hmm. wor- made the contraction pain worse. Um, but yeah, that was. But all again, this is where the experience was so helpful in decreasing the fear around the the discomfort of pushing was that like I knew everything was normal like if yeah. I didn't know that I would I think I pushed so quickly because it was just like this is what you do yeah. you know and I knew exactly how to like you you know kind of curl curl forward crunch over and your baby time. and like chin to chest and um and even like holding the push longer than what you than mm-hmm. when you want to well I find that you know the first hour sometimes of pushing is just learning how to do it. Totally. And that's what my clients always say after. They're like, once I knew how to do it, I was okay. But yeah. it, it takes some time. It's confusing it it's in com- a way. You- yeah. Because you don't think that you should push out your butt, but that's the only mm-hmm. way that you should push a baby out. Yeah. And so that, like, rectal pressure of feeling everything open and then the burning happening, the ring of fire, like, starting to crown, like, all that stuff is – is it's amazing how, it, like, it's – it is what it is, and mm-hmm. and there is such a progression of things. And but I also knew, like when I was starting to feel the burning, I was like, oh, I'm getting close. Like it was a reassuring sign. So, um, and I also wanted to see what was happening. So they held up a mirror so I could watch um, while I was pushing, so that I could again, like put yeah. together the sensations with the um, the visual. So, and then uh, and then she crowned, and then she crowned for about like four or five minutes, which was helpful and me not tearing very much like it just allowed things to stretch um and then her head came out and then her each kind of arm came out which I I first thought I was like oh for god's sake so I was like I thought that was like just my perineum just like blowing open and but just because they you know they kind of do their startle reflex Mm -hmm. even when they come out yeah and they can they can (laughs) disrupt some yeah (laughs) annually um and then she started crying half when her body was half in half out and then Margo was like all right 
pull her up. So yeah. and I was kind of I was on like I was kind of sidelining on my and on my back a little bit, and I just pulled her up onto my chest and asked Omar what what it was because we didn't know what the oh. sex was. And so he was like, "It's a girl," and and then you are just like back. Like I was like, "Okay," you know. And and uh, I thought I was gonna be a lot more emotional when I saw her, but it was just so kind of like, "Oh yeah, this is this is what this is how it is," this and is this it. Yeah. yeah. And I, it felt so normal in a way. And so it was eleven thirty in the morning on Friday, and of course, like two days later, the hormones hit and I'm like a mess and sobbing about how much I love her. And, um, but yeah, and I had a little bit, I had a little bit of more bleeding than, um, you know, what's considered normal or, you know, so they had to give Mm -hmm. me a couple different medications and had to manually get some clots out. But again, I was like, oh good, I get to experience a thing that I do to people. And what does this feel like? And I know that midwives are equipped to to yeah, do that. carry Pitocin. And- yeah, exactly. Pitocin and methogen and Cytotec. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, oh, should we? I was like, just catheterize my bladder. Just do it. You know, do it all. And they were like, no, no, no. We'll take our time. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, they have the ability to, like, to do all that stuff. So, um, yeah. So, really, from not dilated at all to baby born was five hours of, like, active labor and then the other stuff and then immediately the pain was gone like immediately the cramping was gone everything it's just so wild it's so and it was so amazing and of course while I was in it I was like this is scary I don't know if I can do this again and then you know 10 minutes after the birth I was like oh yeah we can do that again yeah um but Margo was saying like it probably would have been a lot faster had I not had that cramping but I just couldn't I just couldn't let go, and she could mm. see that I was, like, struggling, and that probably was, like, holding it up a little bit, even though five hours is not holding anything up. It's no, a fast, that's very fast. Yeah. first time, Mom. Yeah, so I just – I did not expect – the whole thing was unexpected. I mean, how it would go down. Did you have – like, is there anything in the back of your mind? I know you mentioned that, the ego. I think when you do work in this field, mm-hmm. there's – maybe not everyone, but I feel it sometimes where there's, like, a pressure, you know? Totally. Like, what if I need that epidural? What if I need the C-section? Like, and when you yeah. have the, this job where you really believe in the yeah. the natural process of labor and birth and the safety of home birth, was there ever a part of that, like, you were afraid that you yeah. would maybe have to face these same realities? Yeah. That- I mean, I, I always knew that, like, you know, I was ultimately comfortable with, like, the fact that if I had to transfer – you know, you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a part of me that knew my, you know, my coworkers' stories and and just like, damn, if I was the one that couldn't do it, like that would, that would really kind of suck, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and not and it's it is this all ego and and um, but it, it's just so I never really got over that. I just had to kind of sit comfortably with the discomfort of that idea. Yeah. Um, and and the work isn't. You know, and that's something I have to remind myself as a doula and my clients. But the work isn't necessarily like having the perfect birth or yeah. the birth of your dreams, but it's being able to ride whatever does happen. Totally. And that's, I think, you know, at the end of the day, like birth workers understand that, even yeah. though you can still, you know, like your clients want to achieve certain things. Um, but I always say that the clients that I have who do end up with a C section or do end up with things that they didn't mm-hmm. necessarily want but handle it with grace. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that to me is so much more impressive yes. than the birth of their dreams, totally. if that makes sense. But totally. it is still like, I think there's like the, the curse of the birth worker, right? That you're yes. worried that. Exactly. And I think it because because birth can be so mental, a lot of it is mental. Like I feel like the, the female body for the most part physiologically knows how to get this baby out. Mm-hmm. It's the mind that can kind of mess with things. Absolutely. And so they say, you know, nurses and midwives are the worst patients in the sense that, like, you just yeah. you just can meddle with things when you're trying to when you're overthinking it, yeah. and um, so and have high expectations of yourself. I think yes. so much of it is letting go of expectations, and it's yeah. a pre- it's preparation for motherhood. Totally right. It's like totally. that's what the whole rest of the journey is. Is like this is never going to go as planned. Yeah, get, get absolutely, ready. absolutely, yeah. and that has been. The greatest lesson, and I, I mean, like the labyrinth idea, is it's it's even more valuable now as a mom. 
in that like just when you think you know you don't you know mm-hmm. and that's and that came up all the time with birth but when there's like a human being looking at you at three in the morning you know like you're like realizing like oh yeah you just you are so humbled by what you don't know and you just mm-hmm. have to like yeah you said ride it out and not sort of hold on to what you thought you know you knew or what yeah. you, what you wanted or anything like that and how did you find Britta's class? How did you choose that? Because, you know, you, you didn't need a childbirth education course, but yeah. what made you go that route? Well, I wanted to take something that wasn't going to be kind of the, like, you know, PowerPoint textbook thing mm-hmm. of, like, this is your cervix and your uterus. and But I did want something for Omar. I mean, that was the intention, was that it was going to be for Omar. Of course, it was, like, <laughs> all for me. I mean, it was, it was a lot of it was for him and for mm-hmm. us, but... I realized how much more I needed it than I thought I did. And um, so her class is a lot more about, like, the emotional, mental mm-hmm. um, state, which is what I thought I could benefit from because, you know, as much as I I wanted to, like, I wanted to crack open. I, I knew there was a part of myself that was, like, holding pretty firm in my, like, shell of, like, thinking I have my shit together and I don't need help and I don't need yeah. anyone. and. And so we did the weekend intensive, um, and which meant it was just dense, you know, material from 10 to 6 in her house in Topanga Canyon. And it was just, it was beautiful and so, I mean, truly life-changing. Like Omar and I left the second day, drove to get sushi because we both were just feeling like so raw. We were just like, what would we eat right now? Like <laughs> raw fit. Because it was just, it was wild. I mean, yeah. um yeah, it helped us really um, just face a lot of things that we didn't even know were there or yeah. we did and it kind of got through it. and Things that no amount of education or practice as a midwife yeah. can prepare you for. It's like yeah. your, it's your own journey. It's your own journey. And Britta does it in a way that's so beautiful. Like she she makes you go there and she makes you go there in front of other people. And in fact, I actually had clients in the class with me, which was a little trippy because wow. I was like, okay, here I go. Like I'm going to be, did you know that going I, in? I knew it. And I, that it kind of made me even more like, you know, kind of tighten up. Cause I was like, yeah. shit, they can't see their midwife being who, vulnerable, being vulnerable yeah. and sobbing about fears of motherhood. And I actually ended up being their <laughs> midwife for their birth. And, um, a few weeks later and it was kind of nice. I felt like we went through this thing together and I knew where she was at. Yeah. And, um, but no, in the class I was like, here we go. Like I'm going to start sobbing. And, and it felt really good. You know, it mm-hmm. felt really good to be seen. And cause she just goes around the room and asks like, what, what are your fears? You yeah. know? And, and, but does it in a way that like, she gives you time and addresses each person's fears but also um like gives you tools and it, it doesn't feel like rushed it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. you just open yourself and then it's on to the next person and she just has a way of um and also incorporating stories and myths and yeah. it's it's a beautiful so class nice. so yeah I love I love what she does and I'm actually been wanting to assist one of those classes you so should. I can it's great be a part of it. But I think there's something important about that community element and even I'm sure really empowering for your client to see we put so we put our providers on a pedestal. Yeah. Right. We're like the OB, the midwife knows everything. Mm-hmm. I They know how to do this. I'll just show up and they do it for me. And so for her to be like, oh, my midwife, she knows a lot about medical stuff yeah. and she's trained and she has experience. But She's just a human, yeah, you know? Totally. And, and she has to surrender to this process too, yeah. which is probably was a gift to her. To- yeah, I mean, I hope. And it was a gift to me. I think that was – it was more beneficial for me than I thought it was going to be. Like, I mean, it's hard for me to cry in front of my coworkers. Like, yeah. I just – I can't – like, it's – you know, yeah, you're the rock for so many people mm-hmm. um, that it was huge. And I really – I couldn't stop crying. I mean, the whole – and there was a point where – she, she does one last contraction. Um, she sets up this whole space for you, but you go outside while she's setting it up and she makes you slow dance with your partner and she puts on like Tracy Chapman, which is like super nostalgic for me. And and you can hear everyone crying. like And you're in the lawn and there's just these twinkle lights and everyone is like just so opened up and it, is, it was just so beautiful. And, um, but, and then, yeah, I mean, I was so grateful and, telling her how much like there's no other class that 
would have done yeah. what what she did. And I also felt like, I mean, I used to teach childbirth, childbirth education. And I was like, Jesus, I feel like I cheated everyone out of a class because <laughs> I was like, we did not get know, right? to you that see. layer. I was like, whoa, that's a whole different. But not everyone wants to go there. No, you know, like it's not for everyone. And that's true. So I, I think, um, you know, for those who do, um, it's it's pretty big. Yeah, it seems so powerful. Yeah, it was amazing. Okay. So, And how... How was it with Omar being the husband of a midwife and his role? You, you mentioned like he's been the postpartum is where you yeah need yeah. his support more. I mean, he was he was pretty confident the whole pregnancy. You know, he just felt like he felt pretty lucky in that. You know, I, we not only did I know what was going on, but also the team I had was very knowledgeable and experienced. And he was just like, "Oh, we got this, yeah. and it's fine." And um, he it was helpful for him. He actually attended or was witness to a couple births when he was really young that were, mm. one was really scary actually for him. And so that was kind of a healing Their thing. family or just? It was of a woman. He wasn't, he was living um, like in a kind of a, uh, like an ashram, like kind of okay. commune. And so there was a woman yeah. giving birth and it was really loud and really yeah. scary. And he was like four years old and didn't know that those sounds are of a laboring woman and not someone dying. Yeah. And so that was actually really healing for him to kind of like, I hear those sounds again and under different. Yes, that and Britta actually like she, we she like acts it out, which is amazing mm-hmm. too. Um, so and also we talked about what he can do in labor to make him feel safe. And um, so actually he played music um, for me while oh, while giving sweet. birth. And so he did he actually like looped this thing on guitar and then a little like drum really quietly in the corner of the room. But then that loop music was just playing um so it was so beautiful and so that was nice because that you know he was he was good and yeah it gives them something to do which i think is the hardest part for partners of watching that they're like yeah they they feel so helpless yeah they want to do something but that's such a great gift and he was really you know the uh kind of a one standing out in the class and that a lot of everyone in the class was very like all the partners were like I just you know I just want to get in there I want to like help I want to be in the tub I want to be like because it again mm-hmm. it gives them something to do he was quite the opposite and felt that like his presence as a man uh would be kind of taking away from the power of of like yeah. me and and these women who I had you know wanted in the birth space and just felt like he was kind of a very traditional mindset of like, you know, in tribal communities, there were no men yes, around yeah. like, and he's like, maybe there's something to that. And he's like, I'm not just like backing out of this just to like, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, but I understand. He's like, I just don't need to. Uh, yeah. It's not about him. It was about, and you built right. this community of right. support yeah, in all exactly. your years that I'm sure you felt like you were well taken care of. Exactly. And so, and in the postpartum, I mean, it's he has really amazed me in that he has been able to multitask, which, um, you know, is not always easy. And um, in that, like, it was also a really busy week for him for work. He had a show and and they were recording. And so he was able to, like, make me a meal, come in the studio, record, and then rehearse, and then help me change the diaper. And, I mean, while, like, predominant, I do a lot of the baby stuff, yeah. he was just – he was so helpful in helping me – um, recover, which I wasn't, I was a little just nervous about if he would get overwhelmed with that and, and then frustrated. And, um, but he has really stepped up and it's been like the most amazing thing to see your partner, like transform into this like person who you couldn't have imagined, you know, being more like, cause you spend nine months taking care of the baby, you know, really like on your own essentially, even though it's, it's happening automatically, but to pass that role over and share it with somebody else. Yeah. And to see him like gr- like his heart just like open and unabashedly fall in love with this little person wh- who I mean that was not our story at all. Like we took our time in in our relationship and cuz we both were kind of guarded and like for him just to like right open away. up and it's just oh. so sweet and amazing. So um yeah, it's it's it was the best kind of like surprise that could have happened. Amazing. Yeah. And how has the postpartum period been for you? 
It's been good. I mean, the first week was pretty easy, I would say. Like, you're just kind of high and you're so excited and and she just would sleep and eat. And I was like, oh, yeah. my God, this is good. And then she kind of just, like, woke up and came into her body, like, two to three weeks after, which meant, like, more gut stuff. And that was kind of – that was a little scary at times, like, in that how full-on it was. Mm-hmm. And you automatically go into, like, something must be wrong. I must be bad at this. And, and, um, and even for you because midwives – they're trained in, in infant yeah. care, right? Yeah. And taking care of an infant. So. Yeah. And that's where, like, I have completely lost all of my <laughs> medical, like, knowledge. Like, I am now so much in the mom brain where I text my lactation consultant friends, my yeah. midwife friends, like, is this, is this normal? Is, yeah. And I'm like, I know, I know this stuff, but I need to hear need it, that you know? Absolutely. So um, it's felt really nice, actually. It's amazing to really feel a sense of community when um when there like I think that happens when you start a family I just never really let that happen before because I was like just this you know I thought I just knew it all and da 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 but but um but yeah it's really nice to see like to yeah be totally humbled by by it and like need help yeah realizing that and that your job you know yeah I know sometimes when I you hear of midwives who do a a free birth. Yes. Or, which is that considered a free birth if you're a midwife? I guess. I know, right? It's true. That's yeah. <laughs> but, but it's it is. It's a communal thing. It always has been. And, yeah. Um, the the community element is is important. Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah. And now we're as I was kind of telling you before, you know, we're just starting to venture out into the world and like, you know, think about going to moms groups. And it's so easy to stay at home base like it just feels so safe like you have all you have your swing and you have your yoga ball that you bounce on and like you can't bring all that crap you know to the grocery store if she starts fussing and so you just have to like trust that it's gonna be okay and if there's a moment it's a moment and like you move on and um but so starting to like feel brave enough to to do that which again I just never thought about those little things and um or that I would have a baby that required those things but um but yeah, so other than that, it's been it's been great, honestly. And there's a scene in the business of being born mm-hmm. that I'll never forget, which is the the one where the midwife shows her birth video. Oh. Do you remember that? Where there's a midwife in the business of being born, and she hadn't have kids before, mm. and then you see her birth video of her laboring at home, and then she's interviewed after. Oh yeah, and she talks about um, how like bef- before giving birth. She was a different midwife, mm-hmm. and and after, and and it's so funny. You watch her laboring video, and she's like, "I want an epidural. <laughs> yeah. Walk me. I'm walking to the." Ho-. They had to like like padlock <laughs> the door because she. Yeah. They were like, "Stay here." She oh, like almost just ran God. out naked. You know, yeah, she was exactly. like, "Get me to a hospital." Right. I hate this, and um, <laughs> but she, you know, she talks about how the first birth she went to after her own birth, oh she gosh. just cried. <laughs> she didn't know how to help because wow. she was like. I feel this. I feel your pain. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't say those things like everything's going to be okay or totally. let go. She just couldn't. Yeah. She just, she went right back to her own pain and sobbed through it. So what do you, oh my God. I know you're, you're going to be with your baby for a while. Yeah. I don't know when you'll go back, but when yeah. you do, what do you, how will your practice be different? I think, you know, that's a great question. Something I haven't really even thought about. I think that's exactly right in that, like, th- I may do less, mm. you know, because, because there's you just have to let someone go through it and um in fact I went to a birth right like a couple weeks before I I gave birth and it was not um it was for a repeat client and she was having a home birth so I was just assisting another midwife and um and her hair was in her face and she was in the tub and normally I would have like you know put her mm-hmm. hair back and but I had taken Britta's class and part of one of the stories she talks about is this um, person goes to the underworld and like, and there's there's just hair in her face, but it was it was a necessary part of her to like let go of all these layers, is to like not look like to look disheveled and to let herself kind of go, mm-hmm. and and I stopped myself from fixing her hair because I was like that may be what she needs is to like feel kind of primal and yeah. like undone undone and and um and I stopped myself from doing it and later like that midwife actually talked to her and told her that I'd done that and she was like yeah I would have 
Like, she's like, I liked my hair in my face. Like, yeah. that was part of it. So It's funny you say that because I met someone, whenever I meet people and tell them I'm a doula, they're like, oh, I love my doula. And it makes yeah. me, you know, they just yeah. get, they light up. But occasionally you meet someone that's like, oh, my doula really pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. It just wasn't yeah. the right match for you. And she kept saying, she was like, my freaking doula kept putting, moving my bangs away from <gasps> yes. my hair. Moving my bangs, moving my bangs. She's like, I wanted to kill her. Like, and so it's so funny, funny that you say that because I'm like, note to self. But it, yeah. you know, and, and that's, I think, more of just like a reading somebody thing. Yes. Like there's a time where that act of soothing someone's yeah. hair can be like almost maternal for yes. them and comforting. But it's funny you say that because it is like, you don't always have to do something. No, you know? it's you so can just true. sit there. You can just okay. sit there. And, and that like, I mean, I, I mean, my midwife didn't do anything other than like, pour these pellets of homeopathic, you know, remedies into my mouth. Like that was it. I mean, I just wouldn't have, I, it would have felt so jarring in a way. And again, that was me, but I think I really am going to consider that a lot more in my, in, in being present in the birth room Mm -hmm. and, um, and not like, yeah, of being like, I know, I know, like maybe not even saying that, like just letting them do it because, um, because yeah, you got it. You just have to. It's only way yeah. through. I mean, again, there are a lot of people who need different things, but um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's really surreal to think about witnessing someone else's contraction after having gone through it and how that would feel even in my yeah. body. You know, was how was witnessing your own? Was it as painful? And this is a very yeah, I mean, silly question, but like, did you? Were you kind of relieved by it or were you like, oh, this is I mean, worse than I thought? The, it's It was different. I think I was trying to imagine it as the wave that people talk about. You mm-hmm. know, it's this it's this thing that builds. For me, it was it was just different. But the location of it was where I was a little bit like thrown off in that I Yeah, that's where the fear came. Yes. Exactly. And also the contraction was I would feel it start in the bottom and rise to the top mm-hmm. versus some people feel it like all over their belly. Um, but yeah, I was more like, oh, this is a tornado like coming up from like my pelvic floor to my belly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was painful. But again, like it's only been five weeks and I, you just forget. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Like you off. just I like. Yeah, I mean, in it, though, I remember being like, this is this is a lot yeah. like this is but but also not. I think about other – it's just how you tolerate certain pain, you know. And it's you know? watching yes. people go through it before you. Like, it's not that it doesn't scare you. Like, sometimes watching a birth, like, you're, I'm just – I'm like, yeah. oh, man, like, this is no yeah. joke. Yeah. But then you see them on the other side of it, and that's yeah. powerful. And I think anyone who's been able to see both yeah. um, knows that at some point it's yeah. bearable and possible. Yeah, you, and know, you survive. Once you get to that that finish point. Yeah, and you come through. Like you always, a lot of times, come yeah. through, even if it's not a vaginal birth. Like you, you make it to the other side. So yeah, exactly. There's that. I guess what I'll ask you, I want to ask advice. So tips, mm-hmm. tips from a midwife, but mm-hmm. also tips from now well, a mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did you to, for breastfeeding? I guess is my biggest question, mm-hmm. and then also pr- tearing. You mentioned. Mm-hmm. You like your fear of tearing, and I know that's something that a lot of my clients ask about, and I yeah. don't feel like there's a an answer, a solution always. Yeah, um, I mean, that's something that you it could it could very much just be the constitution of your tissues, and that it's mm-hmm. genetic, or it could be stuff that you prepare specifically for. But um, I that was yeah, I, I told my midwife I was like, I have a short perineum, and so I'm gonna have a fourth degree. Like yeah, that's just gonna that be my thing. And she was like, why do you think you have a short perineum, first of all? And second of all, you forget that, like, there's blood flow that goes to the area and stretches yeah. everything. Um, but I would say being physically fit, though, before the pregnancy is huge in the birth itself, but the but specifically for um, not tearing and the recovery. Tell me more about that in terms so of physically. So I tell my clients, and this is something I did, is – to walk at least three miles a day. Okay. Um, and then add in some like strength training stuff of like squats and things that will build muscle in your like in your glutes and thighs and arms and actually like because actually your arms and back is what you're gonna be using a lot of in the postpartum. Um, but I found that if I had any low back pain in the pregnancy, it was it was from actually um like un 
like my, I need, I need to strengthen my glutes and mm. I need to strengthen my lower back. And then I wouldn't have back pain. Back it wasn't pain. so much that it was just like, well, it's just a common sign of pregnancy and yeah. it is what it is. Um, so the squats though specifically help the pelvic floor and it helps things kind of like stretch and tone. Um, so, and eating healthy, you know, but, but also you just have to kind of like check those boxes and just like cross yeah. your fingers. And I do think it's really quick to go, we'll go back yeah. to that. But do you think that there's, in studying spinning babies, do you think there's a disservice you can do to overworking out? I find that there's a happy yes. medium, right? Yes. There's like a really fine line between tightening yes. the pelvic floor so that it's – and doing what women are always doing, which is holding yes. in, right? Um, and then we're just letting go. But it's interesting to hear that mm-hmm. we found that strengthening actually did – for me, yeah. for me, because I, I like, I'm not that I think I have a weak pelvic floor, but you also kind of gauge like, okay, if you're pregnant and you cough while you're walking and you pee, mm-hmm. you have a weak pelvic sign. floor. Yeah. yeah. But it's also the quality of your workout. So I think that Pilates and pregnancy is a no-no. Okay. In that, I, I agree. And I, yeah. again, I'm not a midwife, so yeah. I don't feel comfortable ever saying that, but. Yeah. I just, I have found it too many times to be a problem um, in, for, for a baby to descend into a yeah. pelvic floor that is like a rock. I find too, it's back labor is common. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no give. Yeah. And so it's just pushing the baby into a kind of a weird position. And so, and there's actually more tearing. Um, because there's no, yeah, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not malleable essentially. So um, those with histories of like those who were doing Pilates for years and years before the pregnancy, even those people, mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to really emphasize softening. Yeah, which is yoga why yoga exactly. is great. Um, or dancers or horseback riders. Those three, uh, you know, kinds of exercises, histories of those then to really emphasize sort of an opposite thing. Um yeah, think of a dancer's body, right? It's so totally amazing, everything is like, but like it's lifted. It's yeah, everything and their posture and every yeah. So and tucked. Yes, right? exactly. Um, so other than that, I didn't really. So I did. I did a. Um, it was called Fit for Pregnancy. Um, it was a class that met in the park, and I did it once a week, and that was actually really great. But so I wouldn't do much more than like three times a week of that kind of strength mm-hmm. training. But the walking is key in just yeah. the baby's positioning in your pelvis, um, and just yeah, getting like getting your heart rate up and continuously having it elevated at a continuous yeah. pace. Um, so that was really helpful, I think, because I had a first degree that didn't need stitches, and I was really surprised by that too. But also just bouncing, bouncing back, and what that means. I mean that the healing, the healing, yeah. And and like, I I was pretty surprised after the birth, being like, oh, like when you stand up for the first time, even though I didn't really tear, like you feel like your vagina is, you know, there's still some burning, and there's still some, there's a lot of pressure of like all of your organs right on your pelvic floor. And um, so you can't really stand for very long because it just feels like everything is going to fall out, yeah. essentially. Um, I would say around week two, I started to feel a lot better. But I I made myself lay in bed for the first two weeks. And um, that's also something that not a lot of people, you know, will adhere to if not with a midwife. If you're with an OB, you don't really get that advice. And I would say the healing is a lot longer and um, – so, yeah, I mean, I'm five weeks out and I'm not bleeding and I feel like every like I'm, I'm walking three miles a day and it's normal, it's which yeah. is like nice. Um, but it means you have to be really strict with yourself in the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, so, yeah. And did you do perineal massage? I didn't. I didn't do that. um, Not for any other reason, just out of laziness or I just forgot. Like I just didn't – I don't know. I didn't didn't do it. Also, like that was a whole – like my pelvis – I had vulvar varicosities, which meant I had varicose veins like in my labia, which I was also like did not expect that to get that, which there would just be like these ropes of veins just like – so everything was really swollen down there. and Before, after. It, during the pregnancy. Okay. So I, it was just what I call a mess down there. I was yeah. just like, holy hell. And so Which I just I think didn't. people expect that after. But yes. they don't know yeah. that it's coming. Yeah. 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 And so the pregnancy basically just pushed. It, like the baby cut off circulation to my lower body. And so these veins just ballooned. And um, 
I also got a little bit of a hernia in my in my groin because of that too. So I think part of the perineum part of the perineal massage and not doing it was like there's, I, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah there's like, a yeah, lot going on. Yeah, exactly. But then again, like all that is gone now, and it just looks everything looks really normal, and Amazing. it's crazy. Like it just goes back. Body it's nutty, incredible. Yeah, and that's what you see when you see like little real. You're just like you. Yeah, I can't. Be- I mean, right? I like couldn't believe you- she came out of yeah, me. Yeah, it's I insane. Was- and then you believe in the power of the body when you're like, this little body is just here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this human doing its thing. It's crazy. <laughs> like they're yeah. She's so beautiful. Oh, She's thank you. Sweet. She's such a sweetie, so smiley. She is, yeah. And how's breastfeeding been? It's good. That's also something, again, I had a lot of like postpartum fears. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was like, oh, I'm going to have to have donor milk. Like, I was just expecting things because breastfeeding, there's a lot of stuff for people yeah. and it surprises a lot of women. Um, but I have a lot of milk and that's something I did not expect. And so that's a blessing and a curse. Um, the blessing is that like, She's super healthy and a little chubster at one month. Um, (laughs) But there comes a lot of, like, gut issues with a lot of milk and also a fast flow. So that was hard. Spitting up. Yeah, a lot of spitting up. A lot of just, like, gas pains with her just, like, screaming, crying, just so upset with, like, her belly, you know, hurting. Um, So just learning, like, her cues, learning how to really do the laid-back breastfeeding, um, and just navigating that, which I just didn't expect. But um, but overall, yeah, going going really well and pumping already. And um, she takes a bottle and when I have to – when I want to do something yeah. outside of the house. Um, so, yeah, that's been, that's been nice. But that was a big surprise. I was like that it was successful, but also that it was so successful it was even causing a little bit of an issue. Um, yeah, which is something people don't – Think about, but again, yeah. a good lesson. You yeah, know, that sometimes the thing that you wish for can also mm-hmm. be part. It's totally. Um, and are you guys co-sleeping? Does that help with breastfeeding? Yeah, I mean, you kind of are in, you know, survival mode the first six weeks. The, I mean, even the first three months, I think you just kind of do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I never really, I always imagined that we'd co-sleep. Yeah. Um, she used to sleep really well on me after she'd feed, and I would just sort of like. I would scoot all the way down so I was flat on the bed and I would just put like blankets under both elbows and hold her so that my arms were supported and we'd sleep like that for two or three hours and now she's she kind of wants to her own little space so I put her on the bed next to me um and it's amazing like you just are so aware of this little person like you think like what if you like roll over a little bit like you don't hear like you're just you're so in tune in at the hospital they do scare yeah. parents into thinking that that's not okay. Yeah. But I I mean, I always joke, I slept in my parents at bed self 14. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, me too, actually. I always, you know, yeah. like, how else do you do it? Yeah, I know. Uh, and, and the thing is, like, if, uh, you, there are safety precautions, yeah. you know, like, you don't want to be taking a bunch of, like, medications, right. alcohol, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and breastfeeding baby. It's also important if the baby's yes. not breastfeeding, exactly. then that baby is not navigating right. the body right. in that same way. Yeah. So, and because she had the gut stuff, she doesn't really like to lay on her back, which is apparently the safest way of doing it, of sleeping, because she would start, like, kind of choking mm. on her, you know, kind of spit up. So she slept best being on her belly, either being on my chest or I just put her on her belly, like, in the bed next to me. Um, and actually, I asked my pediatrician about this, and he said the reason babies are, you know, it's recommended for babies to sleep on their back is because they don't actually sleep that well, and so it, it's purposeful they, they purposely advise that so babies wake themselves up and that they don't um, actually go into a deep sleep in which, which SIDS yeah, happens. into a void Because that's, you know, every grandma I come in contact with, they're like, we used to put the babies on their stomach all yeah, the time. Exactly. That's like, it just, it changed, but I didn't know that. That's yeah, so it's not, it, so I think that's helpful for people to know because you there is this idea that like, my baby doesn't sleep on their back, so something must be wrong, but it's mm-hmm. like, they actually... That's why it's advised because they don't yeah. sleep well on their back, and then they'll wake themselves up and avoid. And that's why they say too, sleep. like leaving the baby in a room where there's noise and yes. not being everyone's so afraid of someone waking the baby up and you're quiet. Yes. But like dogs and clinking glasses are all yeah. actually good for a baby. Totally. So so yeah, I mean, it, I would say like the, the recommendation, you know, is if you if you if your baby's on the on his or her belly, like do it when you're 
close to them yeah. and when you're awake or even if you're even just close to them versus like leaving the room even though you know, yeah, it happens sometimes. But um but yeah, so now she's kind of wanting her own little space like which I'll put her next to me or else I'll na- I'm now also like getting more confident in like transferring her to the docketot which mm. I was like I don't want to wake her, you know, for the first couple of weeks and now I'm just like eh, it's fine if she wakes up like we know what to do, we know the drill. Yeah. Um so that's been fun cuz then I can like put her down and Omar and I have dinner together just the two of us in the dining room nice. and then like she's asleep like that for a couple hours and versus me being stuck under her for yeah. two to three hours which was so nice in the beginning you know and then you kind of like then you're like I could itchy, use this time <laughs> yeah to do what you want to do yeah. so um so yeah it's all just like it's one day at a time I say it. it's like it's just every every day is so different and um but amazing and so in, you know, incredibly, uh, yeah, humbling, and you learn so much about yourself and your partner and so. this little person. Obviously, who you, it's like the closest stranger you've ever met. Thanks for listening to Milk Trails. I'm your host and midwife, Haley Oaks. Be sure to visit midwifemilktrails.tumblr.com to access the show's notes, view photographs, or leave your comments. Stay tuned about new episodes by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and tell all your pregnant friends about it. We'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of Parents on Demand, a network of high-quality shows for families just like yours. Download our free network app on Apple and Android and listen to your favorite episodes on the go.